0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. My name is Riley.
1: I never listen to Dahlmore.
0: Brittany's the best part. (laughs)
2: Right, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode six hundred thirty-five of I doubt It with Dollamore. I'm your host, Jesse Dollamore, joined today by the auspiciously sc- awesome Brittany Page.
3: Um,
2: <laughs> that didn't go well. Not sure
3: what happened to you, but hopefully, hopefully, you will clear whatever it is up before the end of the show
2: i was hoping that i would be better today because when we recorded yesterday mm-hmm. i uh i was struggling to find words i wasn't um uh, in top form as they say
3: after we turned the mics off you said that you felt foggy
2: oh is that the word i used mm-hmm. yeah foggy that's mm-hmm. That is very accurate. Apparently, I did have the words yesterday, yeah. but only when the mics were off.
3: Yes. Yeah. Well, sometimes the pressure is too much.
2: Oh, the high pressure atmosphere. Yeah. Here.
3: And they put the mic in front of your face. They
2: they yeah. do. All our production staff does.
3: <laughs> and they're like, go perform. No, you know what
2: I think it is? I think it's that you stare down at me just like, you better do it right, you motherfucker.
3: <laughs> That's probably what happens. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think everyone hopes that you do it right. You know what I mean?
2: I don't know. I think there's some people out there that that revel in my falling upon my face.
3: I'm sure there's a few of those.
2: (laughs) We know we have verified hate listeners, so it's, you know.
3: It's fine. I like
2: to give them joy as well.
3: Can you imagine how much time those people are wasting, how much time they're wasting listening to something and people that they hate, you know, listen, just move along, do something that has you feeling happy and satisfied. Let me tell you, life is really short and uh, (laughs) you are not going to be happy about the time that you wasted listening to us when you hate our guts.
2: There's got to be something going on in their brain. And I don't mean like a malfunction, but there's something there that's not in my brain because like when i I've tried to watch Fox News,
3: mm-hmm.
2: nope, I don't know if it's like it sets off anxiety in me or I just just have this overwhelming urge to yell at the t v or But I can't fucking do it.
3: It's kind of what happened to me when I was on YouTube and it's always suggesting new videos. And I guess the algorithm was doing well that day because it wasn't like (laughs) alt-right, incel-adjacent videos. But it was the... I don't know which debate it was, but it was Trump and and Clinton debating, and it was the final question where they asked them to say something nice about the oh, other. Oh, yeah. This was the debate where Donald Trump, they were both standing, and, and he, he was, was, like, stalking, stalking her <laughs> around the, yeah. the stage in a very slow, creepy way. And they asked them to say something nice about the other person (laughs) and I couldn't even watch it. Hillary Clinton started talking and I think she said
2: something about his kids or like, yeah, she's like, I admire his kids
3: kids. and I just turned it off. I'm like, I can't watch this knowing everything that we know now,
2: especially what we know now about his goddamn bratty ass. kids. It made me
3: so uncomfortable. I had to turn it off. I was just, it was a train wreck, an absolute train wreck. And I hope that, the media has learned their nope. lesson nope. because when it no, is Trump versus whoever it is, I, I don't want to hear questions like that. I, I don't want to hear questions like that. This isn't about bringing the country together at this point because that's not going to happen. And yeah. o- very obviously Donald Trump is not interested in that. So quit trying to play that game and let's just like try to get through this without everything falling apart, you know? For the the love of God. The
2: whole thing burning the fuck down. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of the whole thing burning the fuck down, Mm -hmm. created for myself a beautiful segue there. Mm -hmm. We're just going to jump right the fuck into this because we learned new information last night that I want everybody to be cautiously optimistic about. And I say cautiously optimistic because in the age of Donald Trump, There has been chicanery. There has been tomfoolery.
3: You don't say. A lot of
2: mollycoddling going on, if you know what I mean.
3: Wow. Someone's been watching some Deadwood recently. Get off my lawn!
2: (laughs) And uh, Devin Nunes is now being implicated by the lawyer of Lev Parnas. Now, keep in mind, Lev Parnas, he's one of the two Ukrainian fellas that's been photographed with Donald Trump maybe 10 times at private events.
3: Well, Lev Parnas also, let's say,
2: worked with Rudy Giuliani.
3: The recently, yes, indicted Soviet-born American who worked with Giuliani to push the claims of democratic corruption in Ukraine. That yes. was what his role was.
4: Yes,
2: he's friends with uh, Shokin, friends with uh, all of the the old Ukrainian administration That was steeped in corruption.
3: And you will... The ones
2: that are hiding out in in Russia now.
3: You will have seen his face because he has been made fun of a lot as looking like a... Cartoon villain, or I've just seen people comment on how unattractive he is. Like John Oliver, I think did that. So, <laughs>
2: well, they look but, like greasy mobster guys. They don't look. They look like they're up to no fucking good. They
3: look like something's going on. Yeah, if they show up somewhere, you're like, what is going on here? What kind of crime yeah, is being I mean, committed? Look, look, if
2: you look at people, sometimes you just get a a flavor for somebody with how they look. They look like they're up to no good. When you look at me, I I look like I like pizza. I look like I I enjoy a a good hamburger.
3: Who doesn't? (laughs) Who doesn't like pizza? Come on now.
2: So the thing you need to be cautiously optimistic about related to Devin Nunes in this is that CNN is now reporting and now MSNBC is also reporting that the lawyer is indicating that Lev Parnas is willing to testify that he met not only with devin nunez but also devin nunez met with shokin the, the 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 chief prosecutor in ukraine trying to dig up dirt on joe biden
3: and shokin is the the ousted prosecutor That's who right. was pushed out of his position in 2016 after pressure from the western leaders including joe biden
2: well including uh, president obama but Joe Biden was the one who had Ukraine under his, in his portfolio of things to deal with.
3: And the concern there, remember, was that Shokin was not pursuing the corruption cases. So he was viewed, Shokin, as a corrupt operator.
2: Yeah, it wasn't just that he wasn't pursuing the corruption cases. It was he was bribing companies, threatening them with investigation if they didn't pay a kickback. He is nakedly corrupt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So here is something on that to get you up to speed with the reporter who has actually done the reporting on the ground.
4: All right, this is very important. We all saw how ardently Republican Congressman Devin Nunes defended the president during the impeachment hearings, pivoting and pointing to the Bidens.
2: No conspiracy theory
1: is too outlandish for the Democrats.
2: You would think they would take some interest in Burisma, and you think they would be interested in Joe Biden, We need to subpoena Hunter Biden. I think one of the mothers of all conspiracy theories is that somehow the president of the United States would want a country that he doesn't even like, he doesn't want to give foreign aid to, to have the Ukrainians start an investigation into Bidens.
4: Now, remember what he just said, okay? that he cannot accept the idea that the president would want Ukraine to be looking into the Bidens why would he cast so much doubt on an idea that POTUS had it out for the Bidens and was trying to use Ukraine to do it when he is now allegedly a part of those efforts? Let's bring in Vicki Ward right now. She's got the reporting. Now, let's be very clear. Um, We understand from Mr. Lev Parnas's lawyer, the man under indictment for doing certain things with campaigns, allegedly, also working with Rudy Giuliani, maybe paying Rudy Giuliani for certain other things. His lawyer, what does he say?
5: So his lawyer says that Lev Parnas would like to come and speak to Congress Mm -hmm. and that he would say to Congress, were he given the opportunity, that last December, Devin Nunes, the senior Republican presiding over the impeachment hearings, went to Vienna and met with Viktor Shokin.
4: Viktor Shokin, the person who was the prosecutor for Ukraine that Ukraine and everybody in the United States wanted out for not investigating corruption.
5: Correct. And who was fired in 2016 uh, under pressure by uh, many Western leaders, including uh, our then-Vice President Joe Biden. He has an axe to grind against the Bidens. Viktor Shokin is the man who has claimed to have dirt on Joe and Hunter Biden. He has claimed to have evidence that Ukraine meddled in our election. Reportedly met
4: with Rudy Giuliani,
5: Mr. He's, Shokin. Absolutely. So Shokin... Rudy
4: Giuliani wanted to get him a pass to come to the United States, and it was denied.
5: Absolutely correct. All
4: right, so next big question. How do we know that Nunes met with Shokin?
5: So it gets interesting. So Shokin tells Lev Parnas... Uh, Rudy Giuliani's associate, who's uh, Ukraine-born. And what's interesting is that Nunes comes back and tries to recruit Lev Parnas. He does recruit Lev Parnas to merge his effort, his and Rudy Giuliani's investigations, with his. Uh, he has an aide meet with um, Lev Parnas, and they discuss how to reach out to various Ukraine prosecutors who might have information on The Bidens. So hold on a
4: second. This is a lot. So, Devin Nunes, who's at the hearing, and I'm sorry, but I'm learning this from you. you This is new reporting. Devin Nunes at the hearing saying, this is crazy that the president would want Ukraine to look at the Bidens. The prosecutor, who was the one at the center of all the controversy, met with Nunes in Vienna last December. So, before all this other stuff that they're saying was just about one phone call. before. Months before. Shokin then tells Parnas, the shady guy at the right. center of all this, and then Nunes' staffer meets with Parnas? Parnass?
5: Well, so does Nunes. Nunes meets with Parnas. Nunes speaks to Parnas. About sev- dirt on the Bidens. Several times, yes. They're asked to merge operations, essentially. So in other words, you know, this whole impeachment, Chris, is about a shadow foreign policy right. That Devin Nunes appears to have some involvement in.
4: So he knew it was going on. So, he knew they were looking for dirt on the Biden. Right.
5: He is a drama in, the, in this play himself, and, he, and yet he has not told anyone about this. All
4: right, so sourcing becomes everything. This comes from Parnas's lawyer, all right? right. Uh, that this is what Parnas wants to testify to. Yes. So now you gotta reach out to the parties. Uh, you gotta go to Nunes. What does Nunes say?
5: Right, I'm going to. So, we've, we've been trying to actually get in front of Nunes in person. Mm-hmm. Two of uh, my colleagues went to, to see him on the Hill. Did they give
4: him information about why?
5: They, they, they absolutely did. And this is what, exact word for word what Nunes said. To be perfectly clear, <laughs> I don't acknowledge any questions from you in this lifetime or the next lifetime.
4: To be perfectly clear, I don't acknowledge any questions from you in this lifetime or the next t- lifetime.
2: Let's see how that policy for him works out when every media outlet is asking questions and he's refusing to even entertain the question. That's fine if you got, a, you got a beef with a one particular media outlet like CNN. But when ABC and NBC and the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal... And even conservative outlets like Fox News start asking fucking questions. You can't just say, hey, fuck you. I'm not going to answer.
3: Yeah, because he's floating the idea that he is going to sue uh, oh, CNN.
2: That does not surprise me since he likes to sue people with parody Twitter accounts. Mm-hmm. Devin Nunez cow or whatever.
3: Aren't litigious people your favorite uh, kind of people?
2: Fucking that guy is. Well, he's the worst anyway.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Californian. <laughs> represents a California district. Everybody. He, he
3: also, I mean, aside from all this, and maybe this is why his performance has been so terrible because he's like stressed out about <laughs> what might come oh, out. Oh, I'm or, sure
2: he's. I'm sure it's just stalling until he can come up with a story.
3: Because the past couple of days during the impeachment inquiry hearing, he was. R- r- pretty terrible he looked
2: bummed out too
3: there were moments where he looked caught off guard when they yeah. jumped to him and he he just seemed like he knows he's losing this yes like things aren't and, going and well maybe for him
2: personally losing this it's not just that president donald trump is is having a bad fucking time yeah he's going to be implicated as well
3: he's in the middle of an existential crisis questioning all of the choices yeah. that he has made up to this point <laughs> that's right mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> So listen, the reasons to be optimistically cautious are are cautiously optimistic. Goddamn, <laughs> are uh, that one. Lev Parnas has motivated reasoning here.
3: Oh yeah, he wants
2: to make a deal because he's under possible criminal indictment.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: He's under federal investigation. The other thing is that the Trump team has motivated reasoning to muddy the waters, to maybe give the media a false lead to go down and then when it doesn't pan out say see see the media just wants to blah 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 we've seen that already with uh false attempts attempts to try to get the media to bite onto um, sexual harassment stories and sexual assault stories that were fake that were made up by like project veritas so Mm -hmm. be cautiously optimistic about this but it it all checks out because of the fact that we know i mean let's let me dial that back thank you it all seems to be something that would check out because of the fact that devin nunes has been running interference for donald trump Since early on, when Republicans had the majority, and he was the chairman of the Intelligence Committee.
3: Staunch defender for a long time.
2: Taking secret lift rides to the White House to say he's briefing them when he's actually getting information about uh, early on in the days. But I wanted to start with this story first. Everything else is kind of chronological. I wanted to start here because while you're listening to all of this testimony, you're hearing all of these updates, and you're hearing Devin Nunes talk. I want everyone to keep in mind what we know, we, what we possibly know now, that it's likely. That he's involved in all of this while he's grandstanding up there like an asshole.
3: Well, this also further adds context to a report that came out from the Daily Beast two days ago, actually, where they reported that Lev Parnas helped Devin Nunes' investigations. And it, it reminded me of, do you remember when they threw a fit because the whistleblower had been in contact With not Adam Schiff, but like
2: his staff. His staff staff member, yeah. Right.
3: And they threw an absolute fit and tried to make it seem like. Adam Schiff was in cahoots with the whistleblower and like helping funnel information to them. Yeah,
2: Or at the very least, even that it's a conflict of interest.
3: Right. And so much of this just seems like it's tied to projection of some sort. Yeah. Because now you have these different reports coming out about what Devin Nunes has been up to behind the scenes or what he likely has been up to behind the scenes. And, it's it's what he has been accusing the other side yeah. of or throwing a tantrum about when there's a hint of the other side doing that. So... It's just alarming because if this does turn out to be true, I wonder what the next step is. Now, you one of the reasons that you stated for being cautiously optimistic was that Lev Parnas is motivated here because he doesn't want to go to prison.
2: Yeah, of course. That's a pretty big motivator.
3: It is. And John Dean was on CNN yesterday, and he was talking about how he doesn't think it would be enough to cooperate and come and testify and provide this information. He would need to do more in order to secure some sort of deal to avoid going to prison. Hmm. So that's one thing to consider. That's just John Dean's perspective in terms of what could he be getting out of coming forward with this information and complying with a subpoena. Uh, John Dean doesn't seem like it would be enough to save him. Yeah, John
2: Dean was never a federal prosecutor, though. I don't know that he has that's in his wheelhouse and certainly not in mine. So me even questioning what he says is like (laughs) battle of the guys who were never, you know, federal prosecutors, although he's a lawyer.
3: (laughs) Right. Right. Well, and John Dean has kind of become this blanket advice giving guy because he was so prominent in the Nixon impeachment. Yeah, for sure. So he's kind of the go-to impeachment guy and his word seems to be gold over there on CNN. Well, so- no, no, I
2: think he's I think he's absolutely a a stellar resource to go to, but just yeah about whether or not people get deals. I don't know if he's the guy to go to Listen, on
3: that. Listen, I'm just sharing what Listen, his... I know you
2: love John Dean. <laughs> I I get it. You don't need to continue to to SSD. Yeah,
3: I'm just telling you as John Dean's number one fan what he <laughs> said on CNN yesterday. That's all I'm trying to share.
2: Oh, that That's is it. too fucking good. So anyway, I wanted to update on that before we move on because on the other side, oh, the break. We're going to get into kind of a, a summary of where we are in the impeachment process. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore.
3: We would like to thank Ian. Ian our new Patreon supporter. Brand new Ian T, we should say.
2: Ian T. Be- oh. Because it's not it's team not Ian. Team
3: Ian. Team Ian is already a Patreon supporter. Oh. Yeah.
2: Two Ians. Yeah. Well, cool. yeah. Well, yeah, wouldn't be well. There might yeah. be more than that. I oh. just don't
3: want you to discount that there could be other Ians out there. All right,
2: you know, I think it, it should be said that like sixty percent of our Patreon supporters are named Ian. So yeah, thank you, all the Ians. <laughs> we appreciate it very much.
3: Really popular with the Ians. We also would like to thank um, Barbara. Barbara. Barbara donated to us on PayPal. We actually just got this notification. You probably haven't even seen it. Oh, wow. And it... Barbara. Barbara in Puerto Rico. Barbara in Puerto Rico. Thank you for speaking the truth. Thank you for explaining in detail how politics works in the United States. That is the message that came along with the donation.
2: That is fantastic. So
3: thank you so much to Barbara in Puerto Rico. It actually says, from Barbara in Puerto Rico, with love...
2: Well, that is uh, even better.
3: It is. Very nice. Thank you, Barbara. Right on. So we appreciate each and every one of you who chooses to donate to us on Patreon or PayPal, who shop through the dollamore.com slash Amazon link to, Get it together to help enrich Jeff Bezos, who apparently did just donate quite a bit of money to support homeless organizations across the country. I don't know why i feel the need to say that i think it's because we like shit on him a lot and uh he's
2: worthy of the of the shitting on
3: yeah so anyway if you just giving you some informed consent there um <laughs> you, you know <laughs> you so you know what you're doing when you shop on amazon and also just everyone who listens to the show We appreciate you so much that you take the time to download the episode to your phone and listen to it. Also, thank you to each and every one of you who have rated and reviewed the show on iTunes profanity-free. We want to remind you, maybe for the last time. This is the last
2: time you're going to hear about it. To
3: send in the, the Thanksgiving voice memos think about what you're thankful for this year. Remember, this is not a written message. Some people have written us their Thanksgiving messages. And while we appreciate that and we do read them, they don't go on to the show because it is supposed to be a voice recorded message of thanks. What are you thankful for this year? Keep it profanity free. It's a family friendly episode. And you don't need to say that you're thankful for us. While we do appreciate those messages as well. It's just that it, it It isn't the point of the episode. So if you want to know kind of what we're looking for, you can go to dollamore.com, scroll all the way to the bottom and search for Thanksgiving and listen to the previous episodes. There's also a few on YouTube. If you search dollamore Thanksgiving on YouTube.
2: So Tuesday night, that's the deadline. You got to get this to me by Tuesday night. And the way you do that is by either calling 657-464-7609, leaving about two minutes or, or, or fewer. Also, and, and more more uh, quality-wise better, would be to email a voice memo from your smartphone while you're sitting in a quiet room to I doubt it at com. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I I look forward to this episode. We get a lot of feedback from this episode as being people's favorite. So uh, we I really hope. I invite you to participate this year. All right, moving on. Stalemocracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So what I want to do is just I'm going to play a news package here that kind of just gives the summary of where we are in the impeachment process with all of the different witnesses after week Two. Some of this will be a review of things you've already heard, you've already known. If certainly if you followed the process as closely as I have and as Brittany has, you will this will be a refresher. But even if you know all this shit already, it is important because it, it's condensed into one small five-minute deal. So you get to hear from day from, from from the Wednesday last week or the week before what went on, and just what the narrative is of all of these different witnesses.
6: The impeachment inquiry into Donald J. Trump. On the first day of open hearings, the top U.S. diplomat in Ukraine, Bill Taylor, told committee members about his discovery of the Trump administration's unofficial policy in Ukraine and the people who were running it.
1: I encountered an irregular, informal channel of U.S. policymaking with respect to Ukraine, unaccountable to Congress a channel that included then-Special Envoy Kurt Volker, U.S. Ambassador to the European Union Gordon Sondland, Secretary of Energy Rick Perry, White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney, and, as I subsequently learned, Mr. Giuliani. The odd push to make President Zelensky publicly commit to investigations of Burisma and alleged interference in the 2016 election showed how the official foreign policy of the United States was undercut by the irregular efforts led by Mr. Giuliani.
6: He testified alongside Deputy Assistant Secretary of State George Kent, who also found Rudy Giuliani's actions in Ukraine deeply troubling.
5: What interest do you believe he was uh, promoting, Mr. Kent?
3: I believe he was looking to dig up political dirt against a
6: potential rival in the next election cycle. I agree with uh, Mr. Kent. Two days later, former ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich sat down for questioning. She was fired from her post in May and accused Rudy Giuliani of being behind her ouster. Trump has publicly criticized Yovanovitch, who's a career diplomat who has served for more than 30 years. As she spoke, he kept up his attack, tweeting about her during the hearing.
1: Mr. Yovanovitch, as we sit here testifying, the president is attacking you on Twitter.
4: I, I mean, I can't speak to what the president is trying to do, but I think the effect is to be intimidating.
6: Democrats pounced, saying his tweet amounted to witness tampering. And Yovanovitch testifying she felt threatened by what Trump had said about her.
2: What was your reaction when you heard the president of the United States refer to you as bad news?
4: I couldn't believe it. I mean, again, shocked, appalled, devastated that um, the president of the United States would talk about any ambassador uh, like that.
6: Taylor, Kent, and Yovanovitch set the tone for the inquiry. Stark, dramatic warnings from career, apolitical officials.
4: I will begin by swearing you in.
6: Then it was the turn of two people who heard directly from President Trump talking about investigations that he wanted during a July 25th phone call with the Ukrainian president. Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, the top Ukraine expert at the National Security Council, and Jennifer Williams, a foreign policy aide to Vice President Mike Pence, listened in on that call.
2: In this July 25th call between the presidents of the United States and Ukraine, President Trump demanded a favor of President Zelensky to conduct investigations that both of you acknowledge were for President Trump's political interest, not the national interest, and in return for his promise of a much desired White House meeting for President Zelensky. Colonel Vittman, is that an accurate summary of the excerpts that we just looked at? Yes, Ms. Williams?
0: Yes.
6: Vindman was so concerned, he went to the NSC lawyers.
0: It was inappropriate, it was improper for the president to request and to demand an investigation into a political opponent. And raise your right hand.
6: Later that day, former U.S. envoy to Ukraine Kurt Volker testified, alongside former senior NSC director Tim Morrison. Volker, a witness that Republicans had been counting on, said he is now aware of a request for an investigation into the Bidens, though he claims he didn't realize it at the time.
0: In hindsight, I now understand that others saw the idea of investigating possible corruption involving the Ukrainian company Burisma as equivalent to investigating former Vice President Biden. I saw them as very different. In retrospect, I should have seen that connection differently. And had I done so, I would have raised my own objections. Mr. Sondland.
6: House Democrats inched even closer to the president by next calling Gordon Sondland, the U.S. ambassador to the European Union. Sondland is the only witness so far who spoke directly to President Trump about investigations. He previously said it was crystal clear, no quid pro quos of any kind. But he then reversed his testimony, admitting in his opening statement, it happened and it was not a secret. Was there a quid pro quo? The answer is yes. Republicans jumped on Sondland, saying he was merely assuming a quid pro quo.
0: Did the president ever tell you personally about any preconditions for anything? No.
6: Dr. Fiona Hill was next and expressed her frustration with Sondland while she was working as the top Russia expert at the White House.
5: And I did say to him, Ambassador Sondland, Gordon, I think this is all going to blow up, and here we are.
6: Hill says she didn't realize that, at the time, Sondland was carrying out a very different mission than her own.
5: He
3: was being involved in a domestic political errand, and we were being involved
5: in national security foreign policy, and those two things had just diverged.
6: Next to Hill, David Holmes, from the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine, testified that he overheard Trump speaking with Sondland by phone.
0: Ambassador Sondland replied, yes, he was in Ukraine, and went on to state that President Zelensky, quote, loves her ass. I then heard President Trump ask, so he's going to do the investigation. Ambassador Songlin
6: replied that he's going to do it, adding that President Zelensky will do anything you ask him to do. Making him one more witness who heard the president himself talking about investigations. Five days of testimony, 12 witnesses, Democrats ready to move forward, Republicans saying none of this shows evidence of a crime.
3: So this was a great summary of where we are, especially for people who haven't been able to follow everything, because yeah. some of these hearings have lasted like all day, and there's a lot of information that really doesn't matter in that amount of time. Yeah, sure. And especially also- when they're
2: going back and forth, and the Republicans are trying to confuse and muddy and murky the waters.
3: right. So there's a couple of things that I want to talk about. The biggest discrepancy, I think, that came out between the witnesses is between Holmes and Sondland. Now, there was a moment where Holmes was testifying. And he was recounting the phone call that he overheard. Yeah, Remember, this is when Sondland had everyone at the dinner table. He had just ordered the bottle of wine and he decided to take out his phone and call Donald Trump. Yeah. And at one point, Holmes said that he like pulled the phone away from his ear, likely because Donald Trump was talking so loudly that he (laughs) like had to pull it away from his ear, and he could hear the other side of the conversation in addition to what Sonland said. Now, Holmes testified that. After that conversation, he asked Sondland something about, like, does Donald Trump care about Ukraine or he doesn't care about Ukraine? Somehow that conversation came up. Yeah. And Sondland said, well, he cares only about the big stuff.
2: Yeah, the big stuff.
3: And then Holmes says that he said big stuff like investigation of the Bidens and what's specific about what he said. Yeah. Now, Sondland tries to say that he wasn't specific because at this time he didn't know that it was investigations of the Bidens. Specifically, it was just investigations. He's trying to be very vague. Sometimes during Sondland's testimony, I felt as though he's trying to protect himself. because Absolutely. Because he actually was all in this. And he seemed to really enjoy how close he was to the president. And he seems like he was willing to do whatever. He to-
2: bought his ambassadorship. He paid a million dollars for a ticket to the inauguration.
3: Yes. And that was actually during the debate. Elizabeth Warren commented that she's not going to be doing that. If you give her money, you don't get to be an ambassador. And
2: by the way, just as an aside, Pete Buttigieg won't commit to it which why the fuck would you not commit to? Yeah, I'm not going to give ambassadorships to unqualified people just cuz they give me money.
3: Yeah, he he got around it by saying I will only appoint people that are good for the the role, appropriate yeah. for the the, anyway. the role. So anyway, that was an important discrepancy between Holmes and Sondland that I think was highlighted quite a bit and also something to follow. Um I also want to talk about the quote of merely assuming quid pro quo. Well,
2: hang on. Before we get there. Okay. I also want to point out that didn't get covered in this. Gordon Sondland actually was, it, he was in part, a part of this up to his fucking neck. Having several meetings with with the 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 chief advisor to Zelensky in Ukraine and not allowing a note taker to join just a one-on-one breaking protocol where a government note taker would be there to capture the essence and the substance of the meeting not normal he did that two different times that i was able to to be aware of that's a big deal
3: yeah yeah um i also want to talk about the merely assuming quid pro quo this is a common theme with Donald Trump yeah. and his defenders in particular, because you remember this came up with James Comey, where James Comey said in a meeting with Donald Trump that Trump asked him to drop the FBI investigation into in, Michael Flynn. Yeah. And yeah. his former national security advisor. And it turned into this thing of like, were you directly asked to do that? And he's like, well, he told me, I hope you can see your way to like letting this go. Yeah, and,
2: and he's it like, was certainly a suggestion what he what he wished would happen. Right. And they're like, well, if he didn't actually command you to do it. Right. They're they're discounting the fact that he's the president of the United States of America and you're his subordinate.
3: They're also discounting the way that people communicate, yeah, especially when they are trying
2: up, to be shady fuckers. Yeah,
3: involved in <laughs> nefarious activity up to no good. They're not going to say things directly. Unless they feel like they are talking to someone of a similar shadiness.
2: Yeah, It's like if I talk to you and I'm like, hey, it'd be a shame. Why if, are
3: uh, you using that accent? Don't question
2: what accent I use. Okay. All right, how about this? Oh, hey, it'd be great if you, <laughs> if you it'd be so terrible if your house was burnt down. <laughs> yeah. Is that better?
3: Yes. Is that a better accent It would make me more confused about what was happening, <laughs> certainly.
2: No, if I was to say, oh, it'd be really terrible if your house burnt down. Yeah. Man, my car's really dirty. I wish it was washed. It would be terrible if your kids, I mean, that's a washing a car and kidnapping a kid or different things, but yeah, <laughs> but but that is a threat yeah. just because I don't say, hey, if you don't wash my car or do X, I'm going to do Y, this terrible thing to you, just because you don't explicitly communicate that. Mm-hmm. We all have the commonality of language, and we all fucking get it.
3: Well, uh, unless you're
2: a Republican and Donald Trump is involved,
3: the Republicans are benefiting from the fact that until all of this came out, Donald Trump didn't know the phrase quid pro quo, so he could never ask for one. Uh, (laughs) That's really what it comes down to. It
4: is. It's.
2: It's all. Well, Donald Trump's way too dumb. To know what that is.
3: Yeah. So it's just a bummer that this keeps happening. And this is really what happens when you have money and you have power. Yeah. Unless you are caught red-handed and there is a substantial amount of evidence and you can prove it. Like you have an email that just lays everything out and, and it came from the guy and everything is there. There's wiggle room.
2: It's fucking nonsense.
3: And they will... Stretch that wiggle room past its limits, and that's what we're watching here. and And the unfortunate thing is really, Republicans have nothing to say, nothing to say in response. It's just all defense all trying to discredit the people that have come forward. And I think you posted a tweet about this. You shared a tweet from someone else. They're talking about how all of the people who have come forward are lying. But the people who won't come forward, won't comply with the subpoenas, they're the truth tellers. Yes.
2: everyone. It's all these people who are willing to, to come under oath, under penalty of perjury, and to tell the truth, they're liars. But all the people who are cowards and are, are not abiding by lo- le- legal subpoenas, they won't come and, and stand and take an oath to tell the truth. They're honest and earnest about the the process. I
3: also want to say that it is impossible to come away from hearing these witnesses testify and think to yourself, oh, these are just some never-Trumpers.
2: Right. Oh, for sure.
3: These are professionals who were reasonable, who came across as just wanting to share the facts, in some cases wanting mostly to cover their own ass, Sondland, and...
2: Well... (laughs) Most most of these witnesses, most of them, yeah, I have had actually a moment to to feel good about what kind of fucking smart people we have as career diplomats in the State Department mm-hmm. and around our national security apparatus. Yeah. Most of them,
3: yes, absolutely. Holmes
2: was impressive as fuck to me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Fiona Hill, absolute holy shit, mm-hmm. that's a smart smart person. Yeah. Even Vendman, who was kind of stumbly, bumbly, and you know nervous because he's out of his element, yeah, he was impressive. All of them have been, you know. There's been some Kurt Volker and the other knucklehead Morrison, not so great. They're tr- they're really trying to to play both sides,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but overall, I was impressed. Yeah. So Donald Trump came out after, or actually, right in the middle of Sondland's testimony. And this is the other line of defense from Donald Trump, which really lets you know that he's in fucking trouble. It's that I don't really know that guy. As though that has any <laughs> bearing whatsoever on, on what's happening. Yeah. It's like if if I uh engage in a crime, but like, oh but I don't really know him that well. This yeah. Does Yeah, that doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) You still did what you did, guy. Also,
3: can he think of a new defense? I mean, that's that's what needs to happen. Well, he
2: did it with Steve Bannon. He's done it with Paul Manafort. He did it with uh, Papadopoulos. He's done it to a degree with even Michael Cohen.
3: Yeah, it's just, come on. Come on.
2: (laughs) Come on, bro. Uh,
1: I'm going to go very quickly, just a quick comment on what's going on in terms of testimony with Ambassador Sondland. And I just noticed... One thing and I would say that means it's all over. What? What do you want from Ukraine? He asks me, screaming, What do you want from Ukraine? I keep hearing all these different ideas and theories. This is Ambassador Sodlin speaking to me. Just happened. To which I turned off the television. What do you want from Ukraine? I keep hearing all these different ideas and theories. What do you want? What do you want? It was a very short and abrupt conversation that he had with me. They said he was not in a good mood. I'm always in a good mood. I don't know what that is. He just said, now he's talking about what my response. So he's going, what do you want? What do you want? I hear all these theories. What do you want? Right? And now. Here's my response that he gave. Just gave. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? I want nothing. That's what I want from Ukraine. That's what I said. I want nothing. I said it twice. So he goes. He asked me the question, what do you want? I keep hearing all these things. What do you want? He finally gets me. I don't know him very well. I have not spoken to him much. This is not a man I know well. Seems like a nice guy, though. But I don't know him well. He was with other candidates. He actually supported other candidates. Not me. Came in late. But here's my response. Now, if you weren't fake news, you'd cover it properly. I say to the ambassador's response, I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky, President Zelensky, to do the right thing. So here's my answer. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing. Then he says, this is the final word from the President of the United States. I want nothing. Thank you, folks. Have a good time. I'm going to check. So
2: what? What kind of defense is that, that he doesn't know the guy, that he doesn't, uh, you know, uh, whenever I'm in the EU, he's always skulking around. He just, he's hanging around. Well, that's his job.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, and this is what Donald Trump's primary defense is whenever something comes up is there was none of this. This never happened. This person is lying. It's just a complete dismissal of what is going on. And it must be exhausting for him, really, to go through life like that. Because how much of his life has been taken up of being accused of wrongdoing? Yeah. Because he's engaged in wrongdoing. And then he constantly just has to walk around saying, I didn't do this. Everyone's lying about me. Everyone (laughs) has the wrong idea here. Yeah, I just...
2: It, It... It it really perplexes me. It confuses me that so many people are bamboozled by that defense. Well, he doesn't even really know that guy. Well, that doesn't mean... Because they're not best friends doesn't mean he wasn't directing Gordon Sondland to do bad things. The other thing that I want to talk about is how fucking people on the internet are goddamn creative. And it bums me out that I'm not. No. Has everybody heard the the emo song that was made out of Donald Trump saying, well, here's Donald Trump, here's what he said, and then I'm going to show you what they turned it into.
1: I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing. I want no quid pro quo. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want nothing. Tell Zelensky, President Zelensky, to do the right thing. I want nothing.
4: I want nothing, I want nothing, I want no quid pro quo Tell Zelensky to do the right thing I want no quid pro quo I want nothing, I want nothing, I want nothing, I want nothing Tell Zelensky, President
0: Zelensky, to do the right thing I want nothing
2: It's not as awesome as as when he's uh, actually... You're watching the Trump video and, and though that noise is coming out of his mouth apparently or uh effectively.
3: Yeah. It sounds just like dashboard confessional to me.
2: I had I had to look that up when you said that.
3: And so I, I think it's a pretty <laughs> I, I don't know how they did that. I don't know how someone does that if someone knows how the people on the internet are doing this yeah
2: let me know because i have the equipment yeah i have the technology i yeah. think i could figure it out
3: i think you could sing that you could just record it <laughs> right it could just be you well it,
2: it's certainly like a like an auto-tune thing going on mm-hmm It's not like dashboard confessional, like, hey, boys. No, they
3: called him up, yeah.
2: We got to get to the studio. Uh
3: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that would be a profound service. Yeah, it would. Yes.
2: So that's where we are. And it's not looking good for Donald Trump, especially now with the news of Devin Nunes being up to his nuts in this, too.
3: So I think next week there's going to be no hearings because it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. And these people already barely like to work, so they're yeah, no, certainly not going to be working. When I worked
2: on when I worked on Capitol Hill on the Senate side, we used to make fun of the House side, although we were secretly jealous because Mondays and Fridays those fuckers are off. Mo- <laughs> they, they get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then they're in session Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's a goddamn it's it's a pu- it's a cream puff gig.
3: Well, it must be nice. And, it must
2: be nice.
3: Yeah. I think they're also talking about how they want to do the vote by Christmas. That's looking like the the time frame that they're floating right now. We- you seem to be having a poor reaction to that. Yeah.
2: I just don't know <laughs> if that's going to be... Especially with this new Devin Nunes. I just don't know how that's going to be possible. I guess if they really go crazy, they could. But with each subsequent uh, witness, we're learning more and new people need to be called and talked to. And then what they have to do, sorry, is a a secret um, behind closed doors classified briefing uh, deposition, which turns into a public deposition.
3: Who is it that they are trying to appease by floating these possible limits to the to the inquiry because it just seems like they would say yeah listen we don't really have an end date for you or a, a possible yeah, vote time know. because we're just going where this investigation takes us and we'll see what happens i think I know a the white strategy i know the white house certainly wants it wrapped up and yeah. the wall street journal i believe put out an article a couple days ago about how they are trying to figure out how they can put pressure on to shorten the the hearings here and and kind of move this process along because having all-day testimony of the wrongdoings of Donald Trump is probably having a negative effect on his mental health. Yeah,
2: the polls are moving in in our direction. People are now, like, 70% believe what he did in Ukraine is uh, corrupt.
3: Well, and isn't that the natural... Place that you end up when you start paying attention. I, I think that I think so. many of the people who weren't taking a position or trying to stay out of the fray, whatever it is that they w- would call it, once you start paying attention, it's difficult not to come to that conclusion.
2: Yeah. Even Listen, even if you're watching on Fox News while they're putting up graphics of like when Bill Taylor comes on screen, and then on on the side of him, they've got boxes of all the things Donald Trump has called him, like a never-Trumper and all this. They're really working against the fact pattern that is being outlined here. Uh, Even if you're watching Fox News,
3: yeah, well, you have people like Chris Wallace on Fox News who say after watching Marie, Marie Ivanovich testify, for example, that if you aren't moved by her, you don't have a pulse or yeah. something like that yeah, is yeah. what he said. And then you have people like Andrew Napolitano who just told Reason, quote, the Democrats on the House Intelligence Committee have unearthed enough evidence, in my opinion, to justify about three or four articles of impeachment against the president. Yeah. And he's regularly appearing on Fox News, although probably not as much because I think he was primarily close with Shepard smith but hopefully there are voices on fox news that can reach some of the people yeah. who are watching to to take a second look to slow down a little bit and try to be reasonable just give it a try <laughs> just give it a try just test out the waters oh yeah please <laughs>
2: For the love of all that's holy and good and patriotic and the flags flying behind me and God bless America's playing. Yeah. Yeah. I really need to get that on a on a real dim yeah, good times.
3: Don't you feel though that this is a historic moment and it is Haven't you noticed people participating more than you would assume or that you've seen in the past. I think the
2: gravity of the moment isn't lost on most people. That they understand that we are, I mean, I always say this and then I always give the caveat that every day that you wake up and witness anything, you're witnessing history. But really, this is going to be something that's taught in textbooks. Mm -hmm. He's only the third president of 44 men have held the position to be formally, you know, he hasn't been yet, but it's certain he's going to be impeached. And none's been removed. Not one has been removed. A president, like eighteen people, have been removed through the process of impeachment over the course of our our republic's history. It, this is a big deal, and it does give me hope that people are paying attention. Yeah, because they want to know. Mm-hmm. And I think the House is doing this right. Listen, uh, before we end, I do want to say that I want to give, I I want to give uh, Adam Schiff some props. Because I think he's he's done a bang-up job. He, he didn't allow it to turn into a fucking circus like Jerry Nadler did in the Judiciary Committee. And eventually, this is going to have to get passed over to Jer- Jerry Nadler. And hopefully, he's, going, he's watching this as a masterclass on how to handle this and not allow it to devolve into fuckery with Jim Jordan trying to take over. Anyway, I think that's the perfect way to... End it right there. <laughs> Listen, we love you guys. We would love to hear what you're thankful for this year. Whether or not you're an American, There, we all have things to be thankful for. Little things, big things. Uh, use it as a moment to, to inspire someone else who maybe isn't having the best year. We'd love you to call in 657-464-7609. And uh, you could also... Email a voice memo from your smartphone. I don't know why I'm struggling with this. To I doubt it at dollamore.com. Keep them about two minutes, a little bit fewer than two minutes. That's fine. Uh, it doesn't have to be written. Just speak from the heart. We also would invite you to rate and review the show on the Apple Podcast. That's always a good time. And we appreciate every single one of you who in the past has given or is currently giving on Patreon to keep the lights on here and support the show. It means the world to us. Thank you all. We'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. Shut up, shut
5: up, shut up, shut up.